Hello, and welcome to A Joyful Pause Podcast. I'm so excited uh, that you're here with us today, ready to listen in to the conversation that I will have with Christina Turner. How are you, Christina? Oh, I am happy to be here. I'm a little shivery inside with excitement. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to wiggle, wiggle with that. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you guys a little bit about Christina. So Christina lives on the ancestral lands of the Puyallup peoples on an island off the west coast of Seattle, Washington. A descendant of English, Romani, Irish, and French ancestors, she is committed to facing and unwinding the conscious and unconscious colonizing worldview she inherited that causes so much pain and divisiveness in our society. Christina is grateful to her mother, Catherine Edna Olin Reed, for seeding her passion for transformational psychology, feminism, and spiritual community, and to her father, Richard Fenn Reed, for seeding both her can-do ingenuity and her delight in improvising in the kitchen. In 1987, Christina self-published the self-healing cookbook, Whole Foods for Body, Mind, and Moods, a best-selling classic that fueled the movement to think global, eat local. Now, Christina engages with social change makers to translate our fear, frustration, and grief into body-intelligent action steps that expand and land visions of equitable, caring community. A Big Leap coach on the Restoring Resourcefulness faculty of the Foundation for Conscious Living, she loves to co-facilitate circles that playfully open our hearts as we discover fresh ways to face into our most pressing issues together. And you can learn more about Christina and her coaching and her current circle offering at ChristinaTurner.com. So welcome, Christina. Oh, thank you, Nicole. I had no idea you were a published author who start help start a movement that was so cool to find out about you it's wild that you can know someone for as long as i've known you and you still can find these things out <laughs> it's, it's one of the advantages of you know beginning my my seventh decade here is that i have all these decades behind me when i did things that i no longer do but <laughs> they're part of who i am now yes I want to tell our listeners that one thing I love about you um, in this, your seventh seventh decade, is that um, you are more vibrant than most. Like the level of vitality and joy um, and spontaneity is another word that comes into my mind that you bring when you walk into a room is just so delicious and it's something i just adore about you and i'm excited um for people that haven't met you to hear that um today in our conversation oh thank you yeah yeah so we know each other because we're both big leap coaches and because we are members of the foundation for conscious living's um, restoring resourcefulness faculty And, you know, in the introduction podcast, I tell the readers a little bit about what restoring resourcefulness is. So we don't have to go back into that. But I'm wondering, of the tools that we have landed on as the tools that really can help people to restore their resourcefulness and and not fall into that trap of being, you know, stuck in reactivity, 
what tool is most um, interesting or do you have the most passion for? Mm, mm. Well, that would be F-A-C-T, which stands for facing, accepting, choosing, and taking action. And what is it that um, what is it that lights you up about that? Oh, you know what I love about it is that it it gives me a a how to a, a, a way that's very concrete, four simple, doable steps that get me in my body when I want to deal with or face or move through something that's really challenging and heaven knows we have plenty of those right now (laughs) yeah definitely so let's walk our listeners through how they would use f-a-c-t do you mind doing that with me i'd be glad to and and walk through is a really good description of what we would do together so you know i would even invite our listeners right now if they want to to stand up and kind of walk through this with us here because when you're standing up you can move your whole body and and access your body intelligence Mm -hmm. so basically fact starts with choosing something that you want to face and the way i look for that thing i want to face is I look for where do I feel like I'm having the wrong experience right now in my life? And, mm-hmm. and that's the issue I would focus on first. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, while you're standing up, you kind of sense all around you 360 degrees. If you were going to locate that issue that you're having the wrong experience with in one place in the room, where would it be located? And you turn your body to face that direction. And then you get curious. You kind of make this curiosity sound. Hmm. And you wonder, what is it that I haven't yet faced that I'm, that I'm willing to face now? And you start to let yourself play with facing it and not facing it. So actually turning your body away from it, avoiding looking at it, and then turning back towards it. And just play, you play with that for as long as you need to. You know, you could do it for 10 seconds or two minutes, getting more information from your body about how you actually do avoid facing that. What are all the ways you do that? And then when you're ready, you turn back towards it again and you ask yourself this question. Hmm, what is it that I have not yet directly faced about this issue? And you listen inside, you know, something will bubble up from your inner wisdom. And when that bubbles up, you you take a few breaths, you settle yourself, breathe into your belly. And then you get curiouser, more curious. 
<laughs> this whole activity is about getting curious. So you get more curious and you ask, hmm, well, what's the hardest to accept about that? What's the hardest to accept? And then breathing again. The invitation now is to use both your hands to gesture how you feel about your willingness to accept this or not accept this. Mm. So you hold out one hand and you say, mm, yeah, I'm willing to accept this. And then you hold out the other hand and say, yeah, and, and you, whatever comes after that, you know, and I'm scared or, and I'm mad or, and I, I don't want to face that. I don't want to accept that. And you let yourself go back and forth, back and forth between those two hands, just accessing really everything that's inside you about, about whether or not you're willing to accept this now mm-hmm. until you begin to feel a shift and you'll feel a notice, some kind of shift in your body, some, your breathing will shift, your, you'll feel energy moving or you'll just sigh and go, yeah, okay, I, I am accepting this now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, again, you get curious <laughs> and start to move not just your arms and hands, but your whole body as you make that curiosity sound again. Hmm. And ask yourself this question. What do I really want? What do I really want about this issue? And the key here is not just to ask that question in your head, but to actually move your whole body while you wonder, hmm, what do I really want now about this? And as you're moving, you know, something you you weren't expecting will bubble up that's about what you really want. This is a discovery process. And when that new choice emerges, then you're you're ready to get curious one more time about, well, okay, what what am I gonna do about this choice? And to find that, you take your whole body into, into motion. You actually walk around the room as you wonder, hmm, well, what would be a pleasurable, measurable, mean, meaning, you know, I'd know I'd done it when I'd done it, action step that, I, that I'm willing to take now to move into this new choice towards what I really want. And so by that point, your whole body is mobilized. And I tell you, every time I do this process, I feel some kind of whole body shift, not just an idea that's new, but a real embodied willingness. And that's why I love FACT. Oh my gosh. Thank you for walking us through that. Um, I love the way that you teach that. That is outstanding. It feels very succinct, very graspable. Um, 
so let's go back to the facing part. I One thing that I really love about this practice is um, this idea of kind of seeing it in the space around you. You know, as someone who it's really easy for me to, like I, I was kind of doing it in my head with, um, we're thinking of moving and I really want to do it, but also I'm like, ah, who the hell moves in the middle of a pandemic, you know? And, um, and so I was kind of like, there's something about that action of taking the thing that you're kind of cycling on and visualizing it in the space outside of you and then turning toward it, turning away from it. Like when you put in your body, the thing that you do in your head, but it's like, for me, I don't always realize that I'm doing that in my head. And then whenever I do FACT and I'm physically doing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally avoiding this. I didn't even realize I was doing that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what are your favorite ways of avoiding? Oh, there's so much to do, Christina. <laughs> so busyness. <laughs> there's so many, you know, I've got texts to return, emails to write back to. Oh my gosh. Did I unstack the dishwasher? Hmm. You know, what BS can I find on Facebook and Twitter to take me down a deep rabbit hole? You know, there's all of these different ways. Um, sometimes I even distract myself with things that are actually productive, but just not in the direction of the thing that I've been avoiding, you know? Yeah. You know, what I love about this FACT is that it embraces all that as part of facing you know, that you, yeah. getting aware of all the ways you avoid is actually part of facing. Mm. So, so you don't have to... What are some ways that you avoid? Oh, oh. Uh, um, I go to the refrigerator and open the door and just stand there. <laughs> yeah, I know that one too. <laughs> Until I realize, well, I'm not really hungry. You know, I'm doing this out of habit to avoid whatever it was that I was just going to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I definitely do down the rabbit hole Facebook scrolling. That's that's uh, that's a, that's an activity I do. <laughs> I go to one. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the other part that I really loved um, and I just want to kind of highlight is this piece on accepting or acknowledging an aspect of that situation or issue that we've been avoiding. Um, and I want to circle back to that because I often think the word accept can be confusing to people, you know, because especially when you're using something like FACT for something that's painful, um, we're not saying that you're accepting it in the sense that you like that XYZ happened. It's just that except as I understand it is there's no longer a struggle with the fact that XYZ happened or that you feel a certain way. Is that your understanding of accept? Or that I now am aware of, of the energy that's in this struggle. That, that can be a way of accepting um 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean I I forgive it. I'm I'm gonna you know wipe it out of my life. It means yeah, this is what is happening. <laughs> yeah. I accept that this is what's happening, that I don't have to, I can stop trying to make it not be happening because it is what's happening. Right. Yeah. And there's some relief in that for me. Oh, I can stop. I can pause. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's, I find relief in it and I also find, um, liberation of energy because i don't know if this happens to you but i can spend countless hours fighting with how it actually is whatever it is and fact is such a great way to stop fighting with reality like whatever happened did happen and it's in that ability to stop kind of arguing with the itness of it that you can take that energy that was tied up in that and move that energy into the choosing part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, if I'm not, yeah. until I'm accepting it, I, I am seeing myself as helpless or a victim of it. And mm -hmm. accepting it kind of turns me into an explorer. Like, oh, there's, you know, there's more to be discovered here once I accept this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the question, um, hmm, what do I really want? And for listeners, you know, when I first started doing this, I, I will admit, I found all the humming a little embarrassing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel natural to me. And I was like, this is kind of weird. But what I will say is, when you make that sound and that hmm just reverberates through your body, especially if you're someone who it's really easy for you to stay up in your head, the hmm, because it reverberates through your body, it brings your awareness back into your whole body. And there's so much wisdom there that you can't access if you're only stuck in intellectualizing. So that's my pitch for Hmming, even if at first you kind of feel like a dork, it's totally fine. It'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it, it, so for some people who, who uh, like the intellectual verification, it helps to know that making that sound actually stimulates the nerve in the body that helps you calm down and relax, the, the vagus nerve. When you make that hmm sound, you're actually doing something physiological that helps you to relax. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. And then um, taking action. Tell me a little bit about, you know, I, I can imagine that if someone is working with something that's really big, it can be easy that you would tell yourself that the action you take has to be this huge, you know, life-changing action. But as I understand the taking action step, it doesn't have to be massive. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's that's why we say take a pleasurable, measurable action step. So, you know, it brings it out of the realm that you have to do some great big thing that you think you can't do down to, oh, I, I, you know, I could go for a walk around the block while I appreciate myself for facing this, that's an action step, mm -hmm. you know? 
Yep. And another step will come after that one if you do that one. So it's, yeah. oftentimes I, I tell people if they get hung up on it, I say, well, think of something you could do in the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that it brings it into really doable and something fun or pleasurable you could do in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Love that. And that can open you up like that can open up to more and more energy as you keep making choices. Yeah. That question of what do I really want right now has been so useful um, for coming into a creative space. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, and I think of, you know, I think of the other tools in the restoring resourcefulness kit, you know, the breathing and melting your fears and, matching what's going on inside you with some kind of movement. Those are all action steps. Mm -hmm. So you could choose something as simple as that as your action step. Indeed. Love it. So for you, you know, I feel like um, we're in the midst of the pandemic of COVID-19. Um, And we're also in the midst of what feels like great social change as America faces um, its racist history and and begins to and more people begin to call for an end to police brutality. Um, So in that context, how have you used FACT as as a tool? Mm. Mm. That's a great question. Um, well, you know, all of those things, COVID and the call for the end to police brutality and the, the facing into the impacts of white supremacy in our society, mm-hmm. all of those can bring up, you know, overwhelm and anxiety and rage and impatience for the changes to happen faster and when those come up any one of those FACT can be a uh, it shows you how you can make a doable change right in the moment to 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 experience a shift in yourself mm-hmm. yeah so the ability to move through those steps as you're feeling your feelings about COVID-19, as you're seeing this facing of um, the white supremacist values that have been kind of put into every system of America, the ability to do FACT is a way to know what's yours to do is what I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find that's, that's awesome. I think a lot of people are wondering what's theirs to do. It's really easy to look out and to see what other people are doing, but I think we all have a different, um, constitution. We all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. And so I love that as you're taking in that information of here's all of the ways that you can engage with supporting this change the practice of FACT can help you 
to um, get more clarity about of that menu of things that you can do to support this is what in my body I feel is what's mine to do in this situation. Yeah, like, you know, you could even take as a as an issue to look at an FACT, how I compare myself to others, how I stop myself from acting by comparing myself to others. Mm -hmm. You know, because I see so many people doing that, and I've done that myself. And mm -hmm. if you actually face and accept that's what you're doing, then it's possible to make a new choice, you know, to... To, to step out of comparing yourself and into sensing, oh, this is what I really want. And this is a possible step I can take right now to move in that direction. Yeah. You know, that's, for me, that's how this podcast started, um, was I just, and you know, podcast is a podcast, but for me it was, I consider myself a spiritual person and I wanted to hear more about how the practice of spirituality, whatever that is to you, how does that meet this moment? And people were talking about that, but I wanted to bring forth kind of some a, a place where you could just be in the question and not necessarily have to know just yet. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. and so that was my action step was to record the first episode just to be of service in that way. Hopefully that people that were in the question could see it's OK to it's OK to still be in the question of what is mine to do. And even that can help move you toward. Knowing what's yours to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's like you can bring your spiritual tools as a compass for navigating the unknown. Yeah. And and I I do see FACT as a a tool that helps me to navigate body, mind and spirit in the direction that feels most purposeful for me. Have you done, I mean, I loved, you know, it's not often that when someone says where they're from, they also give the information of whose ancestral lands it is. So it, I kind of made up that you have done a lot of your own work to even know that that's something that's a really respectful thing to do. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. I, I've had a lot of teachers and mentors along the along the way especially in the past four or five years who've helped me as a white woman to to literally step in and out of my comfort zone and discover mm -hmm. how to make anti-racist choices that you know center and uplift people who've been oppressed and and so that their voices can be more universally recognized and heard is so necessary now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So when you think about a tool like FACT, and um, you, you shared a little bit about how FACT serves you in this time of COVID and 
um, and social justice, but, and you did share a little of how it can serve the larger community, but is there anything else you'd like to say about how FACT can, can really be a support to, to the world? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think that because it, because FACT maps out a clear pathway for liberating energy, for freeing up energy that's been locked down in our avoidance patterns, um, I think that serves the collective, you know, because think think about this. What's the risk of staying in our collective avoidance patterns until, you know, the twin plagues of racism and COVID run their course? You know, if we just stay in our avoidance patterns, it's a pretty disastrous outcome we're facing. Yeah. So, and those avoidance can, patterns can look like, you know, I feel frozen and numb. I can't deal with this anymore or I don't know where to start, or I don't have the energy, or, you know, like we're seeing with some of the young people now, I'm just going to party while Rome burns, <laughs> you know? It's like, um, if we have tools that we can share with each other that help us to get out of those avoidance patterns, that moves us as a collective towards being open to listening to each other and seeing each other's gifts and supporting each other's gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this piece of avoidance, avoidance patterns, that's powerful. Um, and how, how that's playing out on, um, on the world stage, on the global stage right now. Mm. And FACT, I hadn't really thought about, um, I hadn't really thought about FACT in that context, but I love that because the, because the beginning you're you're getting hip to by moving your body toward it and away from it. You're seeing what the, what the tendencies are. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, let me tell you a story. Um, mm. something recent that, that I experienced. Um, I'm co-facilitating a circle right now and a few weeks ago in the circle, I, I faced my desire to take a step to uh, bring the topic of racism and white supremacy into our, into our practice circle. It wasn't necessarily the focus of the circle, but I was just feeling so powerfully moved by uh, um, all the events of the past couple months that I was like, how can I stay silent about this? I need to bring this up in every context of my life. So I, I got brave and I, I brought it into the circle and I asked us if I asked the circle if they were willing to look at how some of these consciousness tools we were working with could help us to loosen the grip of white supremacy culture. And um, 
you know, I felt scared bringing this up and I was really pleased and grateful that in a, a group that has, you know, several people of marginalized identities that everyone in the group was uh, supportive of looking at this together mm -hmm. and um, using these tools to, you know, like tools like FACT to, to face how that grip had a hold on us inside of us. And I felt so high after, after that circle. And then I had a, a physical cramp that I often get, a muscle cramp that just kind of hit seemingly out of the blue the next day. And it took me several days to realize, oh, that's one of my avoidance patterns. <laughs> that's how I avoid going farther into this. Oh, and wow. Oh, wow. yeah. And so I was able to come back to circle this week and, and share with people, you know, some more about how I saw myself um, in the grip of white supremacy, even in how I led the circle with, you know, going into my avoidance patterns and not continuing to bring this forward when I really wanted to. And um, again, was just met with so much support and kind of some people even being stunned that I was willing to reveal what was going on in me around this issue. Yeah. And, you know, I, I credit FACT with giving me the courage and the, the actual steps to take to discover what was going on in me and then share it mm -hmm. and make space for uh, more voices to be heard. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I think um, I, I love that you brought that to your circle and that you were met in that, you know, that the people in your circle were open to exploring. Um, I don't take that for granted. I think there's plenty of places where they don't want to talk about it, you know, so the idea of being met there is really beautiful. Um, and also that you I really appreciate how tuned you are to your body that when you woke up and you felt that you didn't just go, Oh, I have a cramp and pop some Advil, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. yeah. inquired into hmm, what is this? And we're present with it to know what it was, um, you know, to do the FACT to understand what it actually um, was telling you and then to, to, act on that by bringing it back to the group. So there's so much, that's a rich example, both of the power of um, the practice, but then also just, I can hear in it as well, your years of really paying attention to your body and your inner experience and, and letting that support you um, in your work in the world and how that supports other people and giving voice to what they would like to give voice to. So that's great. Mm, mm. Thank you. Yeah, one of the things that I was the most delighted by about the whole process was discovering 
that that the same energy that created the cramp was actually creative energy because you know after the cramp eased I had this like vitality boost and I was like, oh, okay, I get this. <laughs> it was just like a kink in the hose of more energy trying to make its way through into expression. Uh, in, in service, wow. not just of my healing, but in service of the larger community. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely hear that. I don't hear that as like a me, me, me. It's like, no, this energy wants to come through for all of our liberation. Um, but yeah, I love that. I just like, I want to put a, like a star on that point of the facing into the cramp and then understanding what that is. It was trapped energy. So how many other times are we seeing, you know, physical things that at first glance are annoying you know, nobody wants to have a cramp in their shoulder or wherever it is, but then in giving your attention to it and working with it, it actually is just energy that was there and wants to move and wants to move in ways that are of service both to you and the whole. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. So that you know this whole idea of what's of service to the whole like i've been asking no matter what the topic is i'm super interested in hearing each person's dream of what collective liberation looks like like i am a firm believer that if we can dream it and we can see it then we can say it and if we can say it we can make it you know so i just would love to hear you voice um collective liberation what does that look like to you mm. 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 well i've had this vision for years and i'm actually starting to see it come true in places of um groups of people when they come together beginning their meeting or discussion or whatever it is with um, getting their breathing in resonance with each other you know it just takes like two or three minutes and you can feel palpably the change in the collective that's trying to address something so liberation for me is the is the freedom to have that pause with conscious intention to bring us together and yeah I'll just stop there for a minute I want to feel that <laughs> mm. yeah I've seen this on on um videos or, or video conference calls i've watched lately from the aclu from um barack obama's uh, brother keepers organization um a few other places i've just seen people actually stop and pause together in a way that feels like a deeper pause than I've seen before in those kinds of offerings. Mm 
It's like a bringing of the sacred into where we want to go from here. Yeah. Deepening into stillness together. Yeah. Well, may that be our collective liberation that we are able to bring breath and presence to ourselves, to our gatherings, to our actions, so that those conversations and actions lift all of us up. Yeah. And then, and then I also envision, you know, um, hmm. I, I believe in osmosis. I, I believe that mm-hmm. people who have calm, settled bodies can come into a gathering and and magnetically help other bodies to feel calm and settled. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we're we're it's possible that we're reaching a threshold where more and more people on the globe know how to do that you know, by using things like FACP for for an example, one way to get calm and settled. And that the more of us who know how to do that, I I think that we might reach a rollover point where societies can begin to get more calm and settled. And those can impact other societies. And you know that's kind of like uh, on the level of uh, magic or quantum change, <laughs> and I think also the on the ground thing has to be supported by you know teams of people going into a variety of places to teach tools like these, like these restoring resourcefulness tools, to teach them to you know youth who are. Uh, returning to school or, or youth who are in some kind of restorative justice process instead of going into the criminal justice system uh, to teach to, to parents who are stuck at home homeschooling their kids, you know, well, here's an opportunity to share something with your kids that is actually helps you to face what's going on right now mm-hmm. or to teach it to groups of essential workers who don't have the luxury of sheltering in place at home and have to be showing up at work in support of our society, you know, to teach them ways that they can replenish themselves and restore themselves. All that I see as part of the work of collective liberation. Thank you for sharing that dream with us, Christina. Mm. So uh, our time is coming to a close. And listeners, thank you so much for spending this time with us, um, learning about FACT and hearing about our dreams for collective liberation. If you would like to learn more about Christina Turner's coaching or her current circle offering, You can find her at ChristinaTurner.com, and I'll spell that just to make sure you have the right spelling. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-T-U-R-N-E-R.com, Christina Turner. 
Um, so thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Christina, for being here with me. Thank you, Nicole. This has really been a pleasure. I, I just, I would love to have more conversations like this. Yeah, we should do it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.